Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Ghosts in the Shell. This is Major. I'm on site. You are the first of your kind, but you're not invulnerable. Maybe next time you can design me better. Everyone around me, they feel connected to something. Connected to something I'm not. What are you? dying we saved you and now you save others okay everyone you were just listening to the trailer for ghost in the shell and the story is as follows in the near future major is the first of her kind a human who is cyber enhanced to be a perfect soldier devoted to stopping the world's most dangerous criminals When terrorism reaches a new level that includes the ability to hack into people's minds and control them, Major is uniquely qualified to stop it. As she prepares to face a new enemy, Major discovers that she has been lied to and her life was not saved. Instead, it was stolen. It is starring Scarlett Johansson, Michael Pitt, Pillow Asbach, Chin Han, and Juliette Binoche. It is directed by Rupert Sanders and written... By Jamie Moss, William Wheeler, and Aaron Kruger. Joining me for this review, I have Mike Vermette. How's it going, everyone? Okay, so Mike, first question first here. I have never read the um, comic, I guess it is, Magna, whatever it is. Manga, Manga. Jesus. Yeah, dude, I'm not familiar with this world, man. Come on. I tell you, that was my first problem with this movie, Out of the Gate. It starts and it's like based on the comic, and I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" Oh, jeez. Okay, so you were already upset right away off the bat, but like, so I haven't read that. I have not seen the anime. You thought I was going to say like anime or something to really show you how out of touch I am. <laughs> um, I haven't seen that. So going into this, I'm viewing this as its own thing. Okay, now you, I imagine, have had some experience with this material. I am like a pretty hardcore fan. Um, I'll be honest, I have not read the manga. I've, you know, browsed it at like Barnes and Nobles or whatever. But um, I've seen the animated, both animated movies, the original two, um, you know, Ghost in the Shell and Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence. I've watched both seasons of the show, you know, Standalone Complex and Second Gig. And I've seen the more recent, um, like, kind of like prequel movies that they're doing uh, based around it. So I love this property. Okay, so 
going into this, um, you know, I I have that perspective. I also have the perspective of I don't really care so much about the whitewashing. Um, I know some people are upset about it. I totally understand why. And I'm not saying this as a means to say that it's okay necessarily. Um, I'm just saying that I don't have a problem with it because, quite frankly, I, I think when you think of Scarlett Johansson and roles that she has played in the past, she's played kick-ass roles. She's played dramatic roles. She's played roles where she's had to be not human, like in Under the Skin. I think that this is good casting in that sense. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I understand why some people are up in arms or whatever. And, again, I'm a fan of this source material. Um but saying that, you know, it's funny. This year had three things that have kind of like defined my life almost up to this point, like especially my youth. Um, Power Rangers was my favorite show growing up as a kid. So from like 95 to like 98, 99, I was super fan, super obsessed. And like there were some casting choices and they kind of changed the race and stuff with that, and which kind of made sense because, you know, looking back, it was a little racist, that show, how the casting was. Um Tapping with Ghost in the Shell. And then my favorite book series growing up and even pretty much till today is Dark Tower. Oh. And that movie, you know, Roland S. Chain is being played by Idris Elba. And um, he's white in the books. And, you know, they casted Idris Elba. And, like, you know, I wasn't, like, up in arms about it. I was just like, that's awesome. Idris Elba's awesome. He's a great actor. One of my favorite actors. I don't care what color his skin is. As long as he does justice to one of my heroes, I'm, like, super cool with it. And I felt the same way about Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, so we each have different perspectives on the matter here to a certain degree. I mean, everyone's opinion here is valid, uh, in my opinion, uh, which is another opinion. But realistically now at this point, let's get your opinion, Mike, on Ghost in the Shell as a standalone film. And also, too, if you want to make those comparisons to the anime, feel free to do so because I'm not going to have the luxury to do that myself. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm curious to hear your opinion even more so than, like, you know, having my own opinion because um, you're not a fan of the material. Well, I've never read I've never read it. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, being not a fan, I'm curious to know what you thought of this just as a movie. Yeah. But, um... I, you know, and I'm surprised that, like so many people didn't like it because if I take myself a step back from the material, I actually don't think it's bad. I think it's actually really good. Um, I definitely think it's smarter than most action blockbusters that come out, you know, in the summer. Is it though? I, you know, I think it is, and maybe, and maybe that's just my perspective. Maybe that's just my opinion. I, you know, I think it is. Well, and, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this about that really quickly. Yeah, and that is that I think that the themes are there. I don't think they explore the themes. They don't. It's very shallow um, how it's done, and it definitely could have. I, I could have almost seen this more as like a TV series, like mini series. Oh my god, preach! Yes. Um, Something like HBO could have really done this justice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had this gritty, like, sci-fi world. And, like, God, I think I kind of browsed your review a little bit because I didn't want to, like, know your opinion going in. But I did see that you gave it, like, Oscar props for production design. And I think the set design is amazing in this movie. Oh, yeah. I loved them walking around Neo-Tokyo. I thought it just looked, like, stunning. Um, some of the CGI was a little wonky in places. Oh, it looked like a video game at times. Yeah, it got a little gamey at times. 
But overall, like I thought, like my favorite scenes were like Bateau and the major, like walking down the street. Um, and just like having a conversation and like your eyes are moving everywhere. Like I can't wait to see it again, like on Blu-ray or something, um, just to like see, cause I feel like there's like hidden stuff thrown all around. Like I noticed like a giant hologram Heineken can and I was like, that's so strange. Like mm. why is that? But you know, whatever it works. It's a major product placement. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Kind of like the Krispy Kremes of Power Rangers last week. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going to be as big as that, believe me. This oh, year. my God. The, the Krispy Kreme MacGuffin at the, at the ending of Power Rangers. Um, my, <laughs> right out of the gate with this movie, I thought it was great. Like, I loved the shelling sequence of when she becomes um, – they put her brain, like, in the major. That opening sequence I thought was – Amazing. You know what makes that opening scene so amazing, though, is uh, the music. Holy God, Clint Manziel's uh, music in this. And he also, I know, did it, um, like, co-did the music with, um, hold on, I have the name here, uh, Lauren Lauren Balf or Balfay. That opening music is actually from the original anime. Wait, stop, really? There are two parts of the movie where it's from the original anime. That opening sequence, at the very end, um... It's the same end credits. Are you serious? I am. God damn it. You know what? I was like ready to give props to Clint Manziel's score here. And, ah, oh, man, you know, and I like him as a composer and all. No, I mean, the, the rest of it's all him and it's all really good. It, it, you no, know, I, I actually thought the opening was the highlight. <laughs> Oh man, I geeked out hardcore at the ending credits, but that's you know. Oh, but this is this is good though. This is why I have you here to be able to explain these things to me and put them in perspective. Because just watching this as somebody who was viewing this as a movie, I, you know, as I'm watching the opening credits and I'm hearing this music and I'm seeing you know uh, the titles score by Clint Manziel and Lauren Balfe, I'm thinking to myself, oh well, this is good music. Damn it, Mike. You just like crashed uh, a point from one thing I was going to put in the pro <laughs> column here. I'm very sorry. Uh. So my biggest like gripe out of the gate, and this is as just coming in as a fan, is that like one of the first things in the movie is she wakes up and she's like, you know, my name is – I give consent. My name is Major uh, Mira Killian. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Why did they change her name? What is happening? Then that becomes like a plot point in the movie. So I kind of forgave it. But I'm not going to lie to you. Every single time like she mentioned her name, which was quite a lot, it like pulled me out of the movie as a fan. Well, I'm sure you got pretty pissed. I was like, I understand that like Scarlett Johansson is white and she's not Asian. And, you know, it would be weird for her to have an Asian name. But at the same time, what the movie kind of got to eventually is that, you know, she's an Asian woman in, like, a robot. So it, it makes sense that she could have an Asian name. Um, that was, like, the first thing that really pulled me out of the movie. Um, again, this is explored. All the themes of this movie are explored in the original animated, you know, 1995 movie. Much better. Everything is a lot more of a deeper dive in that movie um, than it is here. Things I did like, I love the fight choreography. Um, I thought most of the fights were pretty well done. Oh, no, nah, man. I thought they were so standard, honestly. Really? Yeah, nothing I... about them stood out to me. 
I, you know, I didn't think they were bad by any means. I agree with you, I guess. I guess they were a little standard. Um, I mean, like, I'll give an example. You know, on Power Rangers last week, there's a sequence uh, where there's a car crash, right? Yeah. And we've seen car crashes take place where the camera is inside the car. I mean, we just saw it uh, earlier this year with um, A Cure for Wellness. So this isn't necessarily something new, but it was a higher level of ambition than I was expecting out of something like Power Rangers, where the action in Ghost in the Shell never was below my expectations and never exceeded my expectations. It was just simply fine. That opening sequence where she, um, you know, storms the building and you got the spider Geisha running around, um, I thought that was like the highlight of the movie. Oh, so no, 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 no. The highlight of the movie for me is when uh, that Japanese guy, uh, I don't know his name, but he kicked some serious ass with his uh, with his pistol. Oh, uh, Armaki. Yeah, that scene was the head of hardcore. That yeah, was awesome. He was, he was pretty badass. Yeah, and you know, he's not really that built up as a character. Like Major and her quote-unquote unit, you do get the sense that they are kind of tight as a group. Um I wish the film could have explored that just a little bit more. Other than I agree, a hundred percent. Yeah, casual conversations between her and Pillow Asback as he's like casually drinking beer. Uh, I, I just, I really felt like this material needed to be expanded upon more in like a miniseries, as you were saying, to let um, some of those character moments play out more, and also too let the philosophical themes get explored a little bit deeper, so that there could be more resonance because. I know I've made this comparison that this is like Ex Machina meets summer action blockbuster. And I'm not saying that in the sense that I think it's as good as something like Ex Machina because I think that when you combine those two together, um, some of the negatives that come with an action summer blockbuster impact. Yeah, in. Absolutely. Yeah. So instead of scenes of dialogue that – characters are like debating the whole idea of human versus machine and like getting really really deep into that conversation we get an action scene instead you know what i mean right i agree with you um i actually i was gonna say i loved pillow aspect i thought he was perfect casting for bateau um i think he is like the heart of the movie and I loved his relationship with uh major now is that only because he has dogs that you think he's the heart of the movie I actually don't like dogs, so... Well, what makes him the heart of the movie? Because I think Scarlett Johansson is really where the audience uh, loyalties really lie. Right, but she's a robot, and she's not really... Is she, though? (laughs) She is, and I think that... Oh, no. Michael, the thing that makes us human is the soul, man. She's a robot. Oh, man, come on. And I think that she actually went for a really interesting, like, acting choice, that she acted like a robot. Yeah, she was very stiff in many of her movements. Um, And, like, I've seen critiques of that, like, online and stuff. mm -hmm. And, like, I think that was a choice. she She took an acting choice. I mean, whether you appreciate it or whether you like it or not, I mean, you know, she could have just kind of phoned it in. And I think that she made a, a decision to be like, this character isn't going to have, like, crazy emotions. Um, and I thought that was really well done. I thought she did a really good job. Okay. Okay. Her relationship with Bato, um, you know, Pillow Aspect, was, to me, like, what I cared about the most in this movie were those two characters. And maybe that's because I'm a fan of, like, you know, the anime and you know, they're always together and, like, their relationship is a big part of that. So I've seen this relationship depicted and developed 
over, you know, whatever, the 70 hours that I've watched this series for. So the thing I was most invested in was really the idea of the soul, uh, the ghost, so to speak. The title of the movie, Ghost in a Shell. You know, the idea of being trapped in something that is not necessarily human and is it then the soul that does indeed make that human um and then we start getting into like a very 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 big philosophical conversation about when we die like where do our souls go to do we transport our souls into other uh things on this earth maybe like there's a lot to be uncracked with this and i hate the fact that i you know through conversations with other people were i was exploring themes and a lot of different philosophical ideas that just honestly were not explored enough in this movie the film just merely simply presents it and you as a viewer have to do all the heavy lifting and all the hard work yeah i I agree with you and again like those themes are explored so much better in the the other versions of this story so the question then becomes this is this really a passion project or do you think this is merely a cash grab type film I don't think that Rupert Sanders is a particularly like good director. I think he just everything for him is a cash grab. Um, you know, I felt the same way about like Snow White and the Huntsman. It's like that movie wasn't a passion project for anyone. Yeah, he just seems like he's a studio uh, director for hire almost for exactly. these That's properties. Exactly how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like everyone else really turned in performances and really like gave it their all and like cared about this project, even Scarlett Johansson. I mean, I, you know, I think that she cared about it. Um, you know, she's getting to front like a major movie. And I mean, this is a big middle finger to Marvel saying like, you know, you guys could have made a black widow movie years ago. Mm, yeah. That is so true. I mean, Lucy even more. I mean, that movie didn't expect, and nobody expected that movie to do well. And it blew up and made a shit ton of money. Yeah. Well, it looks like, in my opinion, I don't hate this movie. I'm 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 in the middle, uh, but I think some people hated on this movie, and re- and this is why it's not going to do well. I think financially is because like peep the whole whitewashing thing. I think critics came with their pitchforks sharpened for this, ready to attack it and bring it down. Because by doing so, they know then that that has an impact on its box office returns. When you have a, a property such as this that's very niche, that's not necessarily got the widest audience uh, possible necessarily, and it's it, they're hoping to create a, a statement ultimately that hey Hollywood, you need to stop this. You know, Great Wall, the, the Great Wall, oh we God. we did Jesus, it there. We're gonna horrible. do it here. Hollywood, you need to wake up and realize you can't keep casting these white Hollywood stars in these roles. Here's the thing, though. I think that is only going to affect its box office here in the U.S. I think everywhere else, it's primed to do huge numbers in like Japan and China. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're more fervent for this property, but everything that I've read, they didn't really give a shit that like this happened about the whitewashing. You know, I read an interview with the creator, um, not the creator, the director of the original movie. And he didn't care that Scarlett Johansson was in it. And this guy's not getting any money from this. I mean, he just directed the original, like, movie. He's not, like... uh, It's not like he has to, like, promote this movie. He just thought, like, the way that the the casting fit the movie. And that, like, whole idea of identity. 
and like it is more of what's inside than what's outside. Yeah, okay, I, I can get down with that. Um, moving over to the film's uh, technical merits a little bit more here and getting a little uh, into uh, detail. The film moves at a pretty good pace as far as I was concerned. I never once felt like the movie uh, lagged. Maybe in the beginning a little bit as we're trying to get introduced to this world. It's a little confusing at first for those that are not familiar with the material. So I'll speak from my perspective on that. But the middle section of this movie I thought was really, really, really strong. And then when we get to the climax of this movie and what I deem to be the quote-unquote final boss fight because that's – purely what it felt like Absolutely. so much so um this this movie really does feel like a video game i just want to reiterate that very very strongly um you get to a point then where it feels like the movie had to rush towards its ending it seemed like um there was this moment between uh michael pitt and Scarlett Johansson's character and then once the moment is over we have one more scene and that's it and it's like, I think the movie just wrapped up a little too quick for my tastes. Um, let me ask you this question here too, Mike Vermette. Is this the kind of material based upon how this movie played out where there is supposed to be a sequel? Or is this like a one-shot, one-and-done sort of thing? Well, you know, again, this has changed a lot since the original movie. Um, and that's one of my criticisms actually with this uh I'll get over that quickly, is that they took a lot of stuff from that movie, that original, and put it into this, but, like, made it different. But at the same time, like, it didn't really fit. Like, Michael Pitt's character um, is very similar to the Puppet Master from the original. Um, But then it had all this baggage added to it in this film, and I don't really know why. Um, So that was a little bizarre to me. But... In the original, there is a sequel. There is a direct sequel to the original movie, um, Innocence. And that film, the major is barely in it. Um, it's major. It's mainly about Bateau and his journey. Interesting. Uh, it picks up a year. Picks up a year after this film. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I, you know, <laughs> it'll never happen in a million years. But I would totally be on board with a Bateau like spinoff, or you know giving that guy his own movie and, like, seeing what he's up to. I mean, yeah. I mean, Pillow Asback is certainly charismatic in the role, and his character is a lot of fun. I could definitely see um, some sort of a spinoff sort of thing. And, I I mean, rather, instead of saying I could see it happening, I'd like to see it happen. I don't think it's going to happen. No, it's definitely not going to happen. And, you know, one of the characters, um, he's in the movie very briefly. Uh, He's part of the Section 9 team, uh, Tagosa. And he's like the guy where they're like, oh, you don't have any like upgrades. And he's like, no, I'm all human. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Um, he's a major character in the, the franchise. Somebody was telling me that um, the person who I took with me to go see this movie, he was explaining to me the same thing. And I literally said to him, dude, the only line of dialogue he has in the entire movie is when he's introduced and you find out that he's 100% human. It's he so literally bizarre. does nothing else the entire freaking movie. In At the original, uh, Major Bateau and Tagosa are like, like, bros almost. Like they're always like rolling into these fights together, and like they're you know running around together. Um, even into like the series, like it's those three are like the central and Armaki, the uh, the leader. Those are like your central characters. Um, so it was really weird that he got like completely shortchanged. Maybe it was a runtime thing. Maybe, 
But I'd totally be on board for like a Bateau and Tagosa spinoff and kind of like lethal weapon. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I was saying before uh, about this movie, very, very video game like in terms of literally you're introduced to a character that's kind of a blank slate so you the player kind of assume the role of the lead character and uh, insert yourself into that character's perspective there's a whole brand new open world-esque to explore there's political backstabbing intrigue there is a twist there is a betrayal there is going on the run there is you know (laughs) fights in between scattered throughout and then there's uh major uh uh, revelations towards the end that if you were playing this as a video game I'm telling you right now if this was a video game and awesome. this just came out this would be like game of the year this would be amazing easily I, yeah I agree with you I hated like uh, the main villain who I can't even think of his name that's how much I hated him uh, a Cutter Cutter yeah that was yeah horrible it was yeah, a typical standard uh, you know Vince McMahon WWF I'm your boss and I'm the asshole <laughs> You know, oh, sort of thing. Was, it was just so when it like became apparent that he was the big bad, I was like, "Oh boy, this is not what I signed up for." Oh yeah, and then it's like, "I'm gonna kill you because I have all the resources at my disposal. I can't do shit myself, but I'm gonna throw all of my resources at you. Men, guns, ships. You don't stand a chance." It's like. He was not a good villain whatsoever. And no. and of course his motivation is to protect his company. It's just there there are some narrative uh issues with this movie, some poorly written lines of dialogue that definitely came off as a little cheesy at times. But for the most part though, I can't help but admire the ambition of this film and just its overall um uh confidence. I guess you could say is the word I'm looking for here. And from a design uh, standpoint, costumes, makeup, sets, uh, this movie is just simply gorgeous. Oh, it's it looks awesome, yeah. Visual effects are a little wonky at times, but when this film goes practical, it looks awesome. All right, let's move it over to final thoughts. Great out of 10, Oscar potential. What do you have for me, Mike? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I I liked it. I definitely didn't love it. Um, and again, I could have liked this movie just because of the fact that I liked the source material. And to me, it was really cool to see characters that I loved since my teen years depicted on the big screen, you know, seeing the major and, uh, Bateau and Armaki, seeing them on the big screen was such a thrill for me. Um, and if for nothing else, I'll be thankful for this movie for giving me the fact that I can go to GameStop now and buy a Ghost in the Shell Funko Pop. So that's really cool. But regardless the movie didn't like wind up where I wanted it to be. Um, definitely huge leaps in logic and the ending to me was a total disaster, but I think it's worth checking out. I think it's a cool sci-fi film. Um, I think people who aren't fans of the property, I would be very curious. Like I'm more curious to always hear those people's opinions than they are of people who are a fan. Um, so I would give this a six out of 10. Um, and I think the only Oscar potential, which you had kind of said before, was for production design. Because, um, again, that Neo-Tokyo looks just jaw-dropping. You know what? It's so funny, Mike. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could sum it up any better myself here. Um, you know, I don't, And I don't want to repeat myself. Suffice to say, production design is my guess for um, 
a potential Oscar nomination. I really don't see this showing up necessarily anywhere else, unless if it becomes one of those films that makes the makeup shortlist at the end of the year. You know, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, Suicide Squad won makeup. Anything is possible in that category. So who knows? Um, Oscar winning film Suicide Squad. Oh, God. Ooh, I had to let that pass over me for a minute there. All right. And as far as a grade goes, I, too, am a 6 out of 10. Uh, I have some problems with this movie. I mean, I would say uh, I would say a lot of problems, but not so much that it passes over into the I don't like it territory. I did like it, and a lot of the reason why I liked it was because um, the movie doesn't overstay its welcome. The pacing is pretty good. It's never boring. And also – from a visual aesthetic level, I thought this film had a lot to offer. Now, you know, from the philosophical standpoint with many of the film's themes, I think it has a lot to offer there as well. Although it's simply, <laughs> it's though as if like you're given a plate of food and you're ready to eat that plate of food and it's so delicious and it's just going to be the most amazing thing you've ever eaten in your life. But then you realize it's a picture of the food. <laughs> That's that's what this is like. This is, hey, listen, here is a beautiful picture of food. Now think about it. Think about what it's going to taste like. You're not going to get to taste it because we're not actually going to give it to you. But do your best to imagine so. And that's what I think that the, you know, the message of this movie ultimately is, is that it's ideas that are put forth. But characters never really talk about them in great detail through dialogue. We never really get a, a chance to allow for those themes to kind of simmer in because the film doesn't let up, like I said, due to the pacing. Um, this definitely would have been better as a miniseries or a video game when all was said and done. Absolutely. I agree with you. 100%. Six, six out of ten. Production design. Not bad. Mike Vermette, where can they find you on Twitter? Everyone can find me on Twitter at VampDT89, and I hope this at least encourages people to start the conversation and get people to check out the original 1995 anime. You heard it here first. Go check it out, even though you've probably heard it before here. But this is the first time I'm hearing it right now on the show, so you've heard it here first. Anyways, you can subscribe to the Next Best Picture Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Player FM. You can find myself on Twitter at Next Best Picture. You can also write us a review on iTunes. Please be sure to leave us anything that is not less than five stars. I will hunt you down, and I do give my consent to do so. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We will see you all next time. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.